This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shire. And we are exhausted. No, we're not. We yourself. I just had a venti coffee at 10 o'clock at night. We are thrilled. And this is a victory podcast because Arizona... Football defeated their arch rivals forever, or at least in the Pac-12 era, 59-23 to in a very thrilling game. In this podcast, Shelby. As usual. This victorious podcast is sponsored by Homefield Home Apparel. Apparel. Black Friday deal, 20% off. We have extended it for the streets. Take advantage now if you go. And it's a little bit later, and they don't have the Black Friday deal. First order, 15% off. Wildcat Scoop 23. Code word. All caps. One word. Get it done. Celebrate your Territorial Cup victory with some hot new gear that you can wear, likely in San Antonio. Because it's looking like the Alamo Bowl. I would be surprised right now. If it's not the Alamo Bowl. That would surprise me agrotly. Yes. It... Um, just to get into that, might as well start with that. The, and the reason is, like, or Arizona is the hottest team in the country right now, pretty much. <laughs> um, or one of them. And, like, Oregon State may have been an option. But the problem is uh, the Beavers no longer have a head coach. And they're they're down bad. Oregon State's fans super are, bad, super bad. are down bad right now. So uh, in Utah isn't sexy anymore. Uh, it's pretty much a lock. It's just a matter of who Arizona's going to face. It's looking, my my guess with about 90% confidence right now, is Arizona-Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl. But before, Shelby, that's that's still a ways away. That's a ways away. We're, we're prognosticating a little bit. There's some chips that still need to fall. Before that's completely uh, settled. So let's talk about what happened today. Obviously, big deal. Um, I, I, we predicted this as far as like Arizona when it was going to win. Well, I predicted everything because I'm 12 and 0. So well, you know, even but you're not you're, loyal. You don't pick Arizona every game. Even though you're a witch and you get points uh, directly. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I was closer with my ASU prediction. I think I said 21, and they had 23. But um, I was not surprised Arizona was uh, much higher than my 35 prediction. I even said that. I think thought that Arizona was going to run the score up. Um, I know a lot of us have a little bit of a bloodthirsty streak and wanted it to be higher. Um, there's a reason for that. I'm sure we'll get into it. We have eight questions for this podcast. We are freaking pumped. I am pumped. 
Um, our dogs decided to just start fighting right now, so you might start hearing them uh, squealing as they run around and try to impress us. But um, yeah, we were at the game. We went to Tempe. We had some drunk people heckle us on our way down to the field. That was super fun. Um, but for the most part, obviously, it was a great day to be a Wildcat. It was a great day to be with all those Arizona. We didn't get to last year to be with Arizona fans, but we got to see yeah, everybody. Let's, I mean, even though it's not one of the questions, let's jump into the atmosphere. The atmosphere was electric. Our highlight was, so I told Shelby before the game, I go, look, we usually, we, we wait until the game's over, then we just go to the press room. I said, Shelby, you, you haven't covered a game at ASU. You need to go on the field. Because A, it's going to get chippy, or B, it's going to be like a giant celebration. Like, it's always the game where you... So, with five minutes left, I said, let's go. Like, let's go to the field. And we go to the field, and... Got heckled on the way down. Everyone's chanting U of A. The U of A students took over the ASU student section. We Love saw it. an ASU student, like, throw a soda at the U of A students who didn't fight back. They just started laughing and chanting louder. And then the ASU student went back at the Arizona student... And a cop just annihilated him. It was, it was hilarious. Amazing. Um, but I mean, to hear it, and I will say this I'm not sure I've ever seen more Arizona fans at an ASU game than I, it was like 60 40. It was amazing. I mean, we we're up in the press box looking down early on. And first of all, where they situated the Pride of Arizona was just great, perfect placement. And then, like, all the Arizona fans, that whole area on that end of the field was just almost all red. And that baby was a ghost town about, what would you say? I mean, just after I the think, half. I think after the gunner pick and then the touchdown. Yeah, that was people it. started leaving because I did a video of people leaving. Uh, and, and they really started seeing a lot of ASU fans start to leave. And, uh, you know, it was great. It's, it's always amazing, obviously, when you win at your rival's home. And, you know, getting to do it, even though, yes, ASU, Kenny Dillingham's first year, depleted team. We know what that feels like. You know, yeah, kitty. I don't really give a no shit. No pity from the kitty, baby. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I don't even care. So it was great. And then we got some really great video and shots from the field. And, and let's be clear here, because you said something that I want to I want to touch on. Okay, let's clear it up. When Jed Fish took over, the transfer portal situation wasn't what it is now. Right. And Arizona wasn't in a situation, and Jed even said, where... You could just clean house and look. Kenny Dillingham brought in like forty dudes. Like forty dudes. Like let's if you look at their box score, Shelby, Jaden Rashada brought him in. Cam Scadabo brought him in. DeCarlos Brooks brought him in. Troy Amir brought him in. You know, it, it, it's like you know, it's he brought in these dudes, right? You look at their defense. There's dudes all over the place. They brought in Trey Brown. Brought him in. Deshaun Mallory brought him in. You brought these guys in. You brought them in. So, like, don't tell me, oh, we're down, we're this, whatever. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's it is different. And I mean, if, if it if it makes ASU fans sleep better at night because they won that game, you know, the last game was someone was seventy to seven, and then they did the, you know, they did the billboard in a very classy move as typical of an ASU fan. Cool. I'm so glad that that makes you happy. Jedfish didn't need to run up the score to like try to like see whose dick was bigger. I mean, like we know what happened today on that field and he definitely could have done that. 
And he did choose to sub out, you know, people on offense more than um, he normally would. Obviously, the defense subs out a lot. There was some strategic decisions that were made. That's why you saw so much subbing in on the offensive side today. Um, and honestly, who cares? Like, we have another game to play. We don't want someone to get hurt. It happens a lot that you keep playing your, your first string. And even though, yes, bloodthirsty, really, really would have liked it to be 70 to try to, like, even the scales. I think that this was more than fine and more of a statement than anything that, that he could have done. So it was it was so great. Kudos to everyone who traveled up to Tempe if you're from Tucson or wherever you're from. If, you, if you're a Phoenix Wildcat, thanks for coming out. It was awesome. Um, I just... I don't also I always like to shout out this because I wasn't a band kid myself, but I was friends with a lot of band kids um, when I was in high school. I was a drama girl and a choir girl, so I was a, a nerd as well. But I don't think everyone realizes the, the Pride of Arizona had to be up and ready to go. I think at like 5 a.m. today because they had to go meet ASU and practice at 815 at some high school somewhere. And then they're like in full dress all day long. That includes the twirler girls, the baton girls, the dance line, the mascots. It is an incredibly long haul of a day. Um, and, and those kids work their asses off. It's not just the football team. I mean, there's like the trainer staff, there's the medical team. It's, it's exhausting. And it's like so exhilarating to have this win for, you know, obviously for everybody, for the whole school to, you know, everybody represented in their own different way. But especially to Pride of Arizona, if you're listening, anyone on the team and or the, the band, uh, we salute you because I understand what a long day that is for a performer. Look at you. There you go. Dave was very happy with the band too. Dave Hickey, by the way, we were on the field. We were in the middle of everything going on and we were kind of like walking off with Dave and uh, Dave did tell us. Let's, let's just say he's, he's, uh, he's very... Partial. He said he was extremely partial to the Arizona band and he was very complimentary and thrilled. So um, I don't think anybody ever would question the AD on that as our dogs drop something. Uh, But Dave did salute you as well. And I heard it. So Um, by the way, we haven't even started with our questions. Can we start with the questions? Yeah, I just want to say also I love the coaching carousel. So while we're recording this, uh, on the way home, Mark Stoops, according to everyone, had accepted the Texas A&M job. And Texas A&M fans lost their shit. And Mark Stoops said, never mind, and he's now staying at Kentucky. Whoa. <laughs> so, uh, Whoa. And, and before you, I would, again. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. I don't believe. Now, look. Could Texas A&M come tomorrow and offer Jetfish $10 million a year to save face? Sure. But as of this recording on November 25th at 10.24 p.m., there has been very limited contact, if any, between A&M and Fish. And Fish has not read into them or taken them. Like, that's not an option, basically. Now, again, it's coaching searches. Texas A&M could be like, oh, shit, you know. But I'm just saying, like, right now, it is not a thing. Nice. Okay. Well, on that note, what was... Was that about what you expected to happen? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I tweeted before the game that I thought it'd be closer because Dillingham would throw out random shit on offense, I believe was my exact quote. Mm -hmm. He did it at all. Mm -mm. He tried one trick play and it was... It was a one s- trick play that failed It was a silly play, miserably. like a high school backyard play. Um, but Arizona was a better team. Like, I don't think anyone thought that they weren't. I picked them to win by 14. You picked them to win by more than uh, that. 35 to 21. That's what I picked. What did I pick? I did I pick remember. 42? Yeah, something like that. I might have picked higher than that. Okay. Yeah, there I don't you know. Go. Go um, I'm trying to copy me now. Uh, but I don't think anyone actually expected ASU to win. Like, I didn't see one... Including ASU fans who are like, oh, we're going to go upset Arizona, blah, blah, blah. I thought it would be close for even maybe a half even before Arizona pulled away. Um, and we got a little bit of that on the first drive. But, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day in college football, more often than not, uh, the team that is better better coached, better players, more talent, et cetera, is going to win. And, and I think that's what we, uh, we got. All right. Um, Noah Fafita holds the school record for passing yards in a single game. He surpassed Anu Solomon's previous record. Talk about his performance, Jason. Uh, well, I mean, literally the greatest performance in Territorial Cup history. All time. Do you know who had? Do you know who had the passing record in the Territorial Cup for Arizona before this? Who? Will Plummer. Whoa. Now it was the loss, but if you remember, Will Plummer like played his ass off that game and threw for like 340 yards and everyone was like, you know what? Shot he's like getting nailed and limping. Remember that? Yep. Yeah. So he and, and Noah killed that. Noah Fafita literally Baller. Owns the Shot Collar. <laughs> Can we just say, by the way, uh, side plot. You know the song Bugaboo by Destiny's. Oh Child? my god. Every time they Scataboo. So we'd be like Scataboo. Scataboo. <laughs> Anybody else? I can't wait to not hear that Just name again. Us. Anyway, uh, but yeah, like the single game passing record. And I think the thing that was very interesting about this game plan overall was it was very clear. Like Jed usually on the first drive is kind of a feeling out process. There was no feeling out process. This was, and I kept telling Shelby, this is disrespectful. Like they chucked it. All over the field. Arizona's average completion was 18 yards. They basically said, ASU cannot stop us. And we're just going to chuck this thing all over the field. And that's what, I mean, 73% completion percentage, five touchdowns, one interception, a paltry 208 quarterback rating. You are, I mean, you got to make the argument eventually. This guy might be the national freshman. I mean, I'd have to look around. He's he clearly be the national freshman. He's clearly of the, year. the freshman of the year in the conference. But what he is doing is just stupid. Um, and and he and, and and the thing is, he he didn't take a sack. As you didn't sack him once this game. Oh, there was that one play where he just like shrugged somebody off. I yes. mean, like ASU's tackling is atrocious. We uh, know that. And look, they hurried the quarterback eight times, which is quite a bit. Uh, but you know, that's the thing. Like, think about that. They hired him eight times. He never took a sack. Never. Uh, he had the pick, which I think was just him trying to make something happen. Off yeah, the back, there's too many defenders in he, that He area. didn't need to throw that. But, hey, if you give me five touchdowns and one pick. We'll take it. Uh, you know, you give me that every game, a little 60 touchdown, 12 pick season, I'm in. I'm all in. Um, you know, there's it, it's he's he's a redshirt freshman. Like it's like, crazy. Like and and he's go, and, and he seems to be getting better every game and like the criticism a lot is oh it's a lot of dink and dunk but today like there was no dink and dunk it was I'm gonna chuck this freaking ball all over the field 
and there's nothing anyone can do about wherever it. Wherever I want yeah, to. Yeah, wherever I want. Quite a bit to TMAC, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, you take a look, and, and, and they had... Um, <laughs> Brian Peterson just texted me, Kentucky coach Chip Kelly. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, TMAC had 15 targets and caught 11 of them. Cowing had uh, 11 targets and caught 9 of them. I mean... Yeah, so there were only five receivers that caught passes. But it's like this dude was just, he was just throwing the ball all over the field. 57 to T-Mac, 37-yard catch by Cowing, 16 by Tanner, 21 by Michael Wiley, Montana, um, one catch for nine yards. I mean, Arizona was just all over the field. Like, they were just throwing it all over the field. And you take a look at Noah, and um, it was just, yeah, I mean, like, what? I don't know what else to say. Well, you could say that. It's kind of cool. Shelby's showing me ESPN fake awards, Emmanuel. I'm just saying, one thing I was annoyed about this morning, and a lot of people pointed it out to us, is that College Game Day didn't even give Arizona the respect of, like, you know, prognosticating the game. Like, obviously, they are going to pick Arizona. But the last, like, five, six weeks, they've picked all of Arizona's games. Obviously, Desmond has picked Arizona every time. Um, so it was really odd, and there was, like, no mention of the game all day long on like most of the channels. So it's been weird that it's now in the ticker. So any mention of Arizona on any channel that's not Pac-12 is a big deal at this point in my mind. But um, any other thoughts on Noah Fafita? Good. He's just good. And it's just amazing like to think about his growth like next year is crazy to think. Anyway, next question. The next question, Shelby, is did you behave yourself? And the answer is yes. I was very proud of my I wife. I did. Very, did it, didn't clap, didn't cheer. I don't, first of all, uh, I think you're painting a little bit of a misrepresented picture because I have like squawked once in the Arizona so press So you box. have to understand. One time. Once you break a bathroom door, shit's just going to... Ha- like you That can't was es- last year. You can't escape that. <laughs> like if someone kills someone, they're always a killer. You're always a bathroom door ripper offer. First of all, I was locked in a bathroom with nobody else around in a brand new stadium that was like right, literally right, brand new. Um, I was well behaved. I only leaned over and I squeezed your leg once. I think and I said a little higher, please. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so so I was... Arizona's winning a little higher next time. Also, what's funny is, like, going to another opposing team's press box and seeing, like, what they do really well. Mm-hmm. And then, like, what could be better. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the food situation was yeah, not great. food sucks, but shout out my guy, Doug Tamaro. I love Doug. Doug Tamaro, we salute you, sir. I know he's not listening, but I love Doug. He's the... Yeah, he's the ASU SID is not listening to this, but he was great. He's... Such a pro, and he he does do things a little different. And we got great SIDs at Arizona. Jeff Bo, Yeah, we love Brett Jeff. Gle- Brett Gleason, Matt Enzer, uh, Nate. It's just different. It's like going on a field trip and seeing what other people do. I love everyone today. Um, we're I'm just, thinking people left and it's right. It's like love fest over I here. I walked out to the locker room with some guy. I forget, Who was his name? I don't remember because I don't remember names. He was all giving us compliments. Shout out Kenny. Saw Kenny in the stands. We saw Mr. Kenny Stand in the stands. Kenny Abbey. And he was like, sure. Shelby, we 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 saw Shelby, you, dude. Shelby flashed him. That's how excited she was. Uh, nope, I just saluted, oh. and I uh, try not to do that unless I'm being a fan. 
which I was not today. Um, next question. Speaking of records, T-Mac reminded us how good he is once again. How could he be any better? I don't even know. Uh, listen, ASU had 306 yards total. Right. T-Mac had 266 yards. By himself. Through three quarters, T-Mac had more yardage than ASU. I think in person, the only receiving performance I've seen that was better was when Marquise Lee went for, I don't even remember how much it was, like 9,000 yards. I'm going to look this up now because I want to know if it was, uh, yeah, 16 catches for 345 yards. If you remember, Marquise Lee did that. Anyway, uh, that's the only receiving performance that I've seen that's better in person. Um, could have been more. It was remarkable. I mean, just it, it's there's some players, Shelby, where you're watching them and you know what you're watching like greatness, right? Like, you know, like you are watching him, legend, right? And and Lewis Riddick said it too. He's like coming to a first round draft board near you in 2025. This guy's a first-round pick. Um, look, I understand that Marvin Harrison Jr. and 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 Malik and, and Neighbors, whatever his name is, uh, Malik Neighbors, I believe. I understand that all these guys are very good. Uh, T Mac is a freak. If you put T Mac on an SEC team that was ranked in the, if you know, if if T Mac was on Ohio State, people would be saying, "Give him the Heisman. He's the best player in the country." Like it is early in the game. I, I think I almost yelled out to Brian and Shelby. I said, are they, they doubled him at first. Yeah. And then for some reason they backed off it. And then I literally like said, are they single covering T-Mac right now on the outside with no safety help? And it was like, dude, it was like a clown show. You know, what's that song called when you put it on? You know, no, the other one where like, uh, you the, know. Oh, the British one. Yeah. Uh, it's not Monty Python. It's the, um. Ah, I know which one you're talking about, but yeah, uh, it was a clown show. And then of course it was like the best touchdown for Arizona when he's completely open and gets a touchdown immediately. So he's amazing. Everyone's amazing. Are you now looking at that song? Uh, no. Sorry. I know which one you're talking about. It's that silly British song they use a lot. The people running in fast Forward motion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. British people are weird. They British like. Clown I can say that because my grandmother was British. But anyway, um, it's like something circus or entry of the gladiators. No, it's from like some show. I don't know. Okay, can we move forward now? Yeah. Moving forward. Someone to... help us if you listen to us. It, it'll bother me. Forever. I think that that song was used in V for Vendetta. If it that's any helpful direction. Because I think there's a scene in V for Vendetta where they used it. But <clears throat> anyway, um, so wrapping up the offensive side of the ball, why was Arizona so successful on offense today? Uh, because, I mean, the, the protection was just ridiculous. Like, again, like, yeah, there were some quarterback hurries. But, um, you know, quarterback, people a lot of times look at cornerbacks and be like, oh, he couldn't cover him, whatever. But a lot of cornerback success is your defensive line. 
if there's no pass rush, it doesn't matter if you're the best corner in the country. You're not covering a dude like Jacob Cowing for 10 seconds. And the coverage was just ridiculous. Like, Arizona's offensive line was fantastic. Uh, BJ Green. Oh, by the way, it's called Yakety Sack. Yes. Come here right now. <laughs> BJ Green is one of oh, the... Oh, wait, one more thing. Holy it was, shit. It was the Benny Hill show. I knew it was British. Okay. Benny Hill was British? I think so. Oh, um, <laughs> BJ Green is one of the best interior linemen in the country, Shelby. He's got six and a half sacks on the year. He had two tackles. Uh, he had one hurry. They just, they, they didn't pressure Fafita and make him uncomfortable, really, in any way. And as good as T-Mac and Cowing and those guys are, if you give them time, they're going to get open against any corner in the country. And also, it was pretty obvious that Arizona saw things um, saw things against uh, ASU's defense. And Jed said it too. Like, they saw things in, in the video that they knew they could take advantage of. I just want to say something. That Arizona had 619 yards. Arizona scored 59 points. Utah scored 56 points. Oregon scored 49 because they didn't feel like scoring any more or something like that. This defensive coordinator was signed to a three-year extension in his first year. What like shout out ASU, good job, proud of you. <laughs> like that's those are the numbers that you're signing extension to. Yeah, I might want to change that up. That might be a good area of improvement in the future. Okay, so we're gonna move to the other side of the ball, right? Yes. And yes, Benny Hill show was a British comedy, so we did clear that up. Um, would you like to put the question up? Jason's not being very good at the question. A lot of people so. are texting me about Jed and AM. Leave me alone. He's not going to AM. Maybe. Probably not. I'm kidding. And why are you yelling at me in the Facebook? I'm just kidding. Facebook. I didn't yell at you in Facebook. I yelled at you in real time. <laughs> as a whisper. No, it's not. I'm I'm getting a lot of jokes. By the way, shout out Rich Rod. I'm so happy about everything. Bowl eligible. Jordan McLeod at James Madison. Bowl eligible because not enough teams made a bowl. Even though Rich Rod's team lost today. So, um, bowl game by default is still a bowl game. Defensively, what did Arizona change after that first drive? So, Big Jed said, uh, we'll talk to Johnny hopefully this week. I don't know, actually. But Jed basically said that, you know, they, they expect it. So, Trenton Bourget did not play because he was sick before the game. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, Rashada was suspended for the first drive because he showed up late to a team meeting or some uh, bullshit like that. Um, the thing is with 
that first series is I think they ran a little bit more option than Arizona expected with Conyers and all that. Um, even when Conyers has gone in, they've thrown some screen passes and kept honest. And, and look, Arizona lets up drives to open up games. That's that's just kind of what they do. And so, uh, you know, it, and they did that and, and it happened again. And um, I, I think overall, uh, Johnny is really good at, you know, remember Washington State scored on their first drive and it scored the rest of the game. Right. And like walked Arizona down. ASU walked Arizona down. They added another lineman. They brought the safety closer to the line. Uh, and that was that. Right. And, and so, um, you know, overall, I, I think that it, it's just a matter of adjusting. Like you just adjust your personnel. And, you know, it, we don't want to be biased, Shelby. We don't want to be all positive. What? That first scoring drive. Um, no one else. Was, was not good. And I don't know. I have to look at PFF. Um, did Justin Flo play the rest of the game after that first drive? Uh, he was god-awful on that first drive. And remember, Dillingham knows Flo. So, like, Jeff Schwartz tweeted at me, and he had a good point. He's like, Dillingham knows how to scheme against Flo because they were at Oregon together. Flo had no idea what was going on. Manoa struggled. He bounced back nicely, though. Um, but it was more of, you know, we're just going to adjust. We're going to add another lineman. We're going to bring the safety down. And, uh, you know you're going to have to adjust to us too. Right. Um, the Sun Devils ran the ball, but never really threatened a ton. Cause if you look at their, their yards, yeah, I it mean, tells a different story. What stood out to you? Yeah. I mean, look, I understand that Arizona gave up 224 rushing yards, but when you take a look at the second, I mean the, the second half, 99 yards were there. You know, it, it was when you take a that first drive away, right? The first quarter, uh, ASU ran for 86 yards in that first quarter. Then they go 39 in the second. Uh, then in the third quarter, they go 119 when the game's pretty much over already. In the fourth quarter, uh, they have three, right? Or they had 96, sorry, in the third quarter. It, the, the question is about who stood out defensively, Shell, and I could, I'm just going to go down the line, right? I don't know how many times I have to say this. This is like Michael Luke with my bad pal. Uh, Gunnar Maldonado is 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 playing literally the best. Like he has been one of the best safeties in the Pac-12 over the last month. Ten tackles, he the pick, the forced fumble, and I asked him. I said, "How bad did you want that touchdown?" And uh, Wiley joked that he looked like a kick returner, like just running all over the field. Um, Dalton Johnson is. I, I when I watch Dalton Johnson in my head every time I think, why did they start Christian Young over Dalton Johnson? Dalton Johnson is such a is basically better than Christian Young ever was. Eight tackles, two tackles for loss, an interception. Stukes was great. Jacob Mane was Jacob Mane a little too hyped up a, a little bit, but you know, uh, Camella uh, got his first career start as a linebacker. Played a lot last game, but this was his first career start. Did really well. Uh, Taylor Upshaw doing Taylor Upshaw things. Really, everyone. Like, you know, it's... Uh, shout out to DJ Warnell with that sack. Yeah, that was sick. I mean, they put him in. They say, go get the quarterback. And, and that's that's literally what he does. And so, um, really, you just go down the line. I mean, Kangaika played great. Uh, it was just, you know, the, the defense, even though they put up the numbers, is at the end of the day... Uh, you take a look at the passing numbers and everyone was like, oh, Rashad at ASU fans were like, oh, Rashad is starting. We could throw it downfield. This is awesome. 
Rashad was 10 of 22 for 82 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. So he completed 45% of his passes through two picks. He looked awful. Awful, right? And, and, and his long was 31 yards on that really nice play to Troy Mayer where Omer bailed him out on that great touchdown catch. That was a bailout. So other than that, his long was 16 yards, right? I, I thought Rashad looked terrible. He didn't look, he and looked awful. You know what he looked like, though, Show? He looked like a quarterback who hasn't played in two and a half months mm-hmm. or throwing a football in a competitive game in two and a half and months. And you even leaned over and said, I heard you tell Brian that. Yeah, like, I understand ASU's excitement when they said Rashada because Borgay hasn't been good, but it's not like Rashada was going to come and throw for 300 yards here. And Rashada's not Jane, or not Jane Lord, Rashada's not Noah Vafita. Like, I mean, it is, again, like, just to show how rare Noah is as a redshirt freshman and coming in with the poise, which is the word that we all associate with Noah at this point. Like, Rashada is the complete opposite. That is what a freshman quarterback Rashada 100% got Plays rattled. Like. And I will say, like, we were listening to the UCLA broadcast, and they said something about Dante Moore, another, he's a true freshman, but Moore threw a play that was tipped, and he looked at the sideline, and he was like, no, 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 it was tipped. And I'm like, no, man, just go in and, and go. Right. Just, just play another play. And that's what Noah does so well is he makes a mistake. Shake it off. Shake it off. You go play. But, like, I think is going to be fine overall. The one thing that really surprised me was, again, Dillingham didn't do any bullshit. There were no swinging gate plays. Yeah, I was hoping for some crazy stuff. And I don't know if it was because my my gut tells me it's because they figured Arizona scouted the crap out of that and that it wouldn't work. But, like, he ran 17, quote-unquote, trick plays in the first half against Oregon last yeah. week. And maybe he just said it didn't work. And, and no swinging gate. It's a waste gate. of time. They ran one trick play again, and it scattered but threw the ball, and it was way over uh, Conyers' head. But, I mean... I, that surprised me because I really did. I thought Dillingham was just going to run the most. I was looking forward to it. Random bullshit, like no reverses. Didn't run a reverse. Didn't run a. It was it was weird almost. Yeah. And Jed didn't even run a trick play. Which was because they didn't need it. They didn't need it. They scored. Which was like very wise. I know. I thought Jed was going to. You know, no no uh, T Mac quarterback throw this week. Uh, that was a little bit of a. Bu- I I am a fan of trickery, but trickery has to work. I really wanted Jed to fake the. The punt. Fake the punt. Yeah. You know. Or no, the field goal. Fake the field goal at the end of the half. The, well, speaking of field goals, I wanted to revisit something. So Tyler Loop. <laughs> this is our fault. Tyler Loop got one. The first three points of the game was one. Then he obviously missed that other one, which was weird, but whatever. He, he missed like a couple of last game too. And we were looking forward to him getting that because if he got a field goal, he was going to tie or exceed the all time, right? The yeah, there's some record that he's there's in some play record for. that he's I in don't play for. He and then he got a whole bunch of obviously extra points. So I mean, if he didn't break that today, because I mean we didn't see it anywhere. He's got to be darn close, and he's gonna have a bowl game, I guess, to do yeah. it. But yeah, I'm keeping an eye out. I'm rooting for Tyler Loop. Go ahead, baby. I know. I you gotta root for the kicker. Everyone, T Loop. Everybody forgets about the kicker until he saves the freaking game for you. Um. Okay. So. Da, 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 da. Big Jed. Let's just go The popular it. question after the game. What is next for Senor Jedfish? Look, again, coaching is very fluid. It's very volatile and fluid right now. I, we, but, hold on. But. I, I could wake up tomorrow and Florida fires Billy Napier, right? It costs $30 million to fire Billy Napier. Do I think they're going to fire Billy Napier? No. But if some dude in Florida... That sells gator coats and shoes and belts wakes up and says, 
I'm going to give you 30 million to hire Jed Fish. You know, I don't know. Is UCLA going to fire Chip Kelly when this game is over? I don't know. I will say this. Uh, in the last week, I've become less concerned with UCLA than I was before. Um, Jonathan Smith went to Oregon, uh, Michigan State. Would Jed Fish be UCLA's top guy? Yes. But is UCLA a better situation than Arizona? I'm not sure Jed believes it is currently. Could Texas A&M, who is absolutely embarrassed, wake up and have some dude that shits oil, uh, you know, offer Jed $10 million? Sure. Would he take it? I mean, $10 million? Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? If they offer him six, would you take it? No, I, I really don't think he would. Um, the one job that has always been of concern is Florida or the NFL. I think as of now, don't kill me if this changes because coaching is fluid, but Shelby knows I'm writing an article for Sunday afternoon. Uh, Jed Fish is, Arizona is under the impression that Jed Fish is staying and that they will be able very soon to get him to sign a contract extension. It wouldn't surprise me if he waits a few days to see what happens on the coaching carousel and things like that, but there is no indication that Jed is leaving. Like he's been very upfront with Arizona. They know the schools that have contacted Jed's agent. They know how Jed views those schools. One of them is Michigan State. Jed would not have left Arizona for Michigan State. It was not an option. Um, I don't know if he was their first choice or Smith was. Whatever, doesn't matter. I know that Jed would not have left Arizona for Michigan State. So, again, as of now, I'm telling you that it is very likely Jed is staying at Arizona. Um, again, shit's fluid, all that, but there you go. Another thing, too, that Jason did not mention is that in the postgame presser, Jed was asked about, um, you know, he was asked that the question was, I know what you're referring to. So the question was basically like, did you think that you could be successful like this so fast? And he said, and this was a, a very good comment. He said, I wouldn't have moved my whole family again to Tucson if I didn't think that we would be here and have success. He had like higher aspirations. I'm sure Brian has this quote exactly. Um, but he has higher aspirations than, you know, three to five wins a year. Right. You know, he could see himself winning here. He moved his family here. You know, that's a big component. Like Lou Dolson did was offered jobs. And we all know the story that, you know, he could have left at any point and his wife and his family were rooted here. And that is a really, really key thing. So would we blame Jed Fish for leaving if he was offered a bajillion dollars? No, I wouldn't. I know there's people that would be pissed, like loyalty and all that. It's like Oregon State fans are mad at Jonathan Smith for leaving. But why? How could you be mad at Jonathan Smith for leaving? He didn't put you guys in that situation. He's by an the way. alum. Blah blah blah. Right? Your school has no conference. It has you no have future. no money in the AD. Michigan State is giving him the largest salary pool, larger than Mel Tucker, for an assistant salary pool. The guy has a family. Like if I love Jed, I think Texas A&M is a shit job. If Texas A&M offers Jed Fish. Nine million a year. I mean, come on. Like, you gotta what, think about it. Like, like you gotta think about there's it. There's some there's some cultural reasons why we don't think Jed would fit well there. Right. But. but like at at the end of the day, like all these fans get mad at their coaches for leaving. And I always say this, and, and I'm I'm not any different. Uh you would you would leave too. Let's be real here. If someone if I'm getting paid three three Jonathan Smith is getting paid four million a year. If it comes out, Michigan State is paying him $7 million a year and it's guaranteed. 
come on. Come on. Like, you're leaving. I mean, I I would say to that, like, you got to get the logic side of it. There isn't a logical piece of this where someone feels safe, where they feel comfortable. Lou Dolson is an example of this. Again, we all know what a coach looks like who doesn't leave because they want to stay. They love the city. I don't know if Jed's in that category, but he certainly indicated today, like, I moved my family here. Like, and, and and I'll be honest, like... I couldn't live. You'd have to pay me considerable money to live in like college station. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For a multitude. I would. Of I'm sorry. You would go be living there alone because I'm a, not going to college station for a multitude of reasons, right? Um, now, if you offered me nine million dollars in Gainesville, and I'm not a big fan of Gainesville itself, but I can live in Gainesville. I can make it work. You know what I mean? But like, call. There's schools where I would absolutely not. You are not paying me enough to live there. Like, I'm right. sorry. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. But as far as, like, tonight after the game, he was asked about it, you know, kind of a roundabout way. And actually, the last question was Michael Lev asked him just directly about the coaching stuff. And it was funny because Dave Hickey was in the room. So Jed Fisher smiled and said, you know, kind of deferred very diplomatically. Um, and, and I will give credit to Jed, too, because – from what I understand from Jed and Dave is that it's very open. They're working like, again, on it. Like Dave and Jed are very open about the money, the terms, the contract. Jed has been very open with the schools that his agent has talked to or that have contacted him. Uh, it is a very open communication. And Arizona is prepared to make Jed the highest paid coach in school history. Like the number, the, the money's there to do that. So boom. So it won't be that. I, th- I really do think, I'm hoping, you know, and I told Jason this on the way home, you know, you know, my grandma used, when my grandmas used to say, like, something about, like, the crick don't rise kind of thing, like, if we get past the, you know, uncertainty time right now, and we bring back almost all of our coaching staff, almost all of our, you know, players that we can this year, like, what does year four fully stocked 100% look like. And that has to be kind of on Jed's mind too. Like he's put so much sweat equity into getting the team in year three where it is. It's insane. And let's be real. If Arizona went 10 and two next year and Jed left, you'd almost just have to tip your cap. Tip your hat. And be like, you know what, man? You go do you. Thank you so much for what you did for Arizona football. Like he put Arizona on the map but, again. But, but in our heads right now, as an Arizona fan, you're looking at this roster and who they're bringing back. And you're like, man, if you're Jed, and I, and I know I'm by blah, blah, blah. But if you're Jed Fish, you're like, damn. Like, I'm like, what is Arizona preseason next year? They're oh, borderline top 10. Top 10. If they bring everyone back, they are borderline top 10. In a conference that doesn't have Oregon, Washington, USC, etc. Yeah, it's it's definitely a really good place to be. So um, we'll leave it at that for now. And we're going to do any other shout outs, Jason. Yeah, I think we should shout out. Look, there's, there's 13 players on this roster. To those seniors. That were part of that 70 to 7 loss. Thank you so much. Um, I, I've said this before. Michael Wiley's everything that's right about college football. I love that kid. Uh, Tanner McLaughlin is one of the coolest kids I've ever covered. Such a nice kid. Oh, I love Tanner. Uh, the coolest scene to me of the Territorial Cup was after the game, Jordan Morgan taking the U of A flag and walking around the field and parading it 
and going to the band. This guy tore his knee up to shreds, came back, gave it all to Arizona. These guys were with Arizona. When it was really bad. They didn't need to be. When it was bleak. And to see them go out like that is is just the coolest thing. To go out triumphant. You know, I don't think there's any other way you could hope for them to end their college years. It's just awesome. And like, again, we were on the field, actually accidentally have video of Jordan Morgan. He wouldn't let go of the flag. I mean, he was so happy. Um, it was really special to like be able to see them get the, the, the kudos that they deserve. So whenever, you know, they come up in life or you see them on Twitter, whatever, they're just like saints to me. And I really wish them all the best in the world, whether they line, wind up in the NFL or they wind up going on to grad school or they wind up, you know, curing cancer. I don't know, like, because some of our football players are, who is it? Is it Ostendorp? Yeah, Ostendorp's like Ostendorp's going to be a freaking rocket. astronaut. Yeah. So it's just a great way. Season finale. It's not even over yet. It's not. And it's I was going to go, yeah. So. What were we talking about? So I asked Jason in the car. I said, so wait a second. If we don't have a game for a month, if Arizona doesn't play for a month, yeah. how many practices do they get? And do they do they start using those practices, start training younger players? Yeah, you get 15 practices. And a lot of times what coaches will do is like, you'll do a normal game week practice, week and a half, but you'll, you'll give extended reps to younger players and to see what you have and things like that. That's awesome. But the 15 practices is literally, especially for a younger team, it's the biggest benefit by far. Uh, the bowl game's cool. You get swag and all that. But, I mean, 15 practices for the younger guys is, is a pretty big Start deal. grinding it out already for next year. It's awesome. Yeah. So, obviously, it's a great day to be a Wildcat. I mean. Someone let's... on the board asked me if this is the most fun I've ever had covering it. you seen me. What Jeez. would you? I would say. I mean, especially after the uh, bleak years, like someone, you know, and then year one with Jed Fish, like this is definitely, and in the middle of all that was Arizona basketball was new too. So a lot of uncertainty. So Jason is a lot happier. I would say the the only other football season I can remember that, were, that I thought was cool was 2014. Yeah, that the season, the Bowl was, was fun. Um, but this is, this. I don't know. This is yeah, another think, level because you have. I thought that team got lucky. Right, the hail mary was yeah, lucky. There's some other things along the way that were lucky. I think Arizona is one of the top ten teams of the country. I absolutely. I agree. don't think they need the luck, but we'll take it. But because they're just so good. But I mean, just a recap in the last 48 hours, we were in Palm Desert watching Arizona men's basketball. You know, beat Michigan State in a very like you know March esque type of game. That I mean, was so much fun. It was so much fun. I mean, we took. I had the girls with me. Jason was covering the game. But it was awesome. We had Thanksgiving in Palm Desert, you know, and then we drove home. We, you know, got home yesterday. We slept. We got up. We went to Phoenix to Tempe for the covering this about football 12 game. 12-hour day. Like a 12-hour <laughs> day. And, like, we are still talking about it. Like, we're still hyped up. Um, I know I'm a little bit of a hybrid fan, hybrid, you know, sort of reporter-like person. But um, it's definitely the most fun that I've had covering Arizona and or just being a fan because I am a fan and Jason is the professional journalist of this duo whatever he's on the down low a fan but he 
is um, a professional reporter and he did go to U of A, has his journalism degree, and he does, you know, go to every single press conference. He covers the team so well. So shout out to you, Jason Shear. Thanks, babe. Because you work your ass off and a lot of people don't realize the amount of work and the time and, you know, effort that goes into this as a professional job. Like, yes, you get to cover Arizona. We have so many people that come up to us, or I know you've had people say it over the years, you're you're literally living my dream job, and that's very flattering. But it is it is a job, and, like, it is something that, like, it's not a normal job where you're working 9 to 5. Like, I go to work, and I work 8 to 5 for the Marana Parks and Recreation. And, yes, I have events at night, and I do. I have large-scale events on weekends sometimes. And it's, a you know, that is my job. But, like, Jason is on call all the time because Arizona news can break at any time. And sometimes it's frustrating and sometimes it's exhilarating. But it's something that, like, he is really, really good at. And to see him thriving in this profession, which is a difficult profession to thrive in. It's not easy being a journalist in the world today, a sports journalist in particular. And so I did not know I was going to be saying all these words, but I appreciate you. And I know a lot of people appreciate you. Come here right now. Also, I, I can hear myself She's sounding. She's not crying. Her voice is going. Um, I, my voice, I lost my voice because I was screaming so much in Palm Desert at the basketball game. So my voice is still recovering. Um, so on that note, I'm going to probably sign off here. So there's only one way to sign up. There's only one way. And what is that way? What did we do all goddamn day today? Tom Shelby. We bear down. Uh, shout out to all the ex-players on Twitter just talking immense amount of smack. It's so amazing. Kill Tate, we see you. Uh, everybody. Basically, go just go look up former players and get back to Any us. of your favorite former yeah. players have something to say. Oh, Chuck Cecil. He's a good one. Always good for yeah, but he was entertaining. Calm. He was pretty calm, but... Bear down, kids. Bear down. Enjoy this.